Welcome to Kilts and Culture with USA Kilts. We're here to talk about all things Highland dress, the cultures and the heritage that created it, and how to enjoy the kilt in the 21st century. From tartan and trues to haggis and history, we cover it all. So sit back, grab your beverage of choice, and enjoy the show. Hello, boys and girls. Welcome to Kilts and Culture. Mm-hmm. I'm Rocky. This is Eric. Yo. Today, special treat. In honor of Irish Coffee Day, is it? What's the... It was Coffee Day. Coffee like, Day. Oh, Irish Coffee Day specifically. Irish Coffee okay. Day okay. specifically. When it's, is it? Uh, What's January 25th. January 25th. Mm-hmm. Which is also... also Robert Burns' birthday. Burns Night. So, I don't yes. know. It sounds like somebody was trying to hop on the bandwagon. Should be like, shouldn't it be like... Uh, Hot toddy day then as well. Oh. I, I could see Irish coffee being very useful after a first <clears throat> burn supper because that's a very filling meal. It's very true. So having a bit of a pick me up afterwards would be true. Not a bad thing. Very good. That being said, coffee. Um. So <laughs> we have homemade Irish coffee. That's right. Eric's grandpa's recipe, or one he found online. Um, grandpa's you recipe. Know where the recipe came from? Sure. Actually, actually, I researched the recipe from two different places, but the main source for me, I don't know if you can see this, but this is a Bible of mine. This is Trader Vic's Bartender's Guide, circa 1947. Revised <coughs> in 1974 to get all those newfangled recipes in there, but um, Irish coffee is one of the recipes in here. Nice. And I, I did a slight variation on it, which I can discuss as we're drinking. Very good. But, uh, and Mac did a little homework on it, too, I think. But uh, the, uh, yeah, well this researched. is actually... Um, some people will think that Irish coffee is an American drink. It actually is Irish. It actually is an Irish invention. I so, did not know that. Yeah. Yep. Hmm. The one thing that uh, we talked about earlier that I didn't know either was Irish coffee, traditional Irish coffee, using my finger quotations there, um, doesn't have Baileys. Nope. Um, when they mm-hmm. when Eric brought in the ingredients, he's loading them up, and I'm like, uh, where's your Baileys? And he's like, oh, it doesn't have Baileys. And, what? Yeah. What do you mean it doesn't have Bailey's? Bailey's is delicious, but it was originally kind of made up as a shortcut for uh, doing this kind of drink fast. Because you don't really need it. You don't really need to measure out uh, all the individual things. There's yeah. basically, you might as well run down the ingredients now. Basically, you sure. have the, you obviously got the whipped cream on here, uh, which is a not highly peaked whipped cream. It's a little you know soft, so it melts into the coffee faster. Uh, then you have the coffee, which is usually cafe Americano or something else uh, that's a nice, strong coffee. And then you have uh, brown sugar. And you have anywhere between an ounce to two ounces of whiskey of your choice. Jameson is a traditional mm-hmm. bar whiskey for making Irish coffee. So we yeah. went with the, the bog standard Jameson's. Yeah, we went with, and this is the Caskmates, which we just happened to like. We tried it once as a as a try on the show a few months ago and decided we liked it. But yeah, yeah, and very good. There's lots of Irish whiskeys out there, and you get what you pay for to some extent. I'd say this is kind of middle of the road. Yeah. Now I. <clears throat> this is going to be an interesting one for me. I am generally not a fan of hot alcohol, so like hot alcohol drinks. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm curious. It looks delicious. So I really am curious how this is going to go. Well, we'll find out. Bottoms up. Hopefully it won't make you sick. Mac, you yeah. want to come and get yours in Mr. Mac? This will not be piping hot because I did have to make them you know, a bit oh, before the show five started. Five minutes ago. But, yeah. yeah. In fact, if you're really serious, you actually preheat. Here you go. Uh, you actually preheat the mugs with hot water. Oh, I You're very welcome. Hmm. Grab yours. Yep. New tart keeps flipping over. Okay. It's interesting. In five minutes, 
Oh, I guess that's the brown sugar on the bottom. Yeah, there's a bit of separation. Okay. Yeah, and there is a, some of the sugar did not dissolve. Should we swirl it or something? Yeah, if I had a swizzle, I might swizzle it. Swizzle dizzle. But this, this again comes from making it okay. quickly before a show. But and how how does one drink? You're supposed, is there to any sip tricks? It, you're supposed to sip it through the cream. It is, so, yes. Yeah. It's drunk through the cream. Mm-hmm. So let Indeed. the cream be the filter. Let the cream get you creamed okay. or drunk. Smelling drunk it. Drunk through your cream. I smell. I'm just going to smell like cream. No, I smell Jameson's. You smell the Jameson? Yep. Yeah. Smell. It smells like sweet mm-hmm. and Jameson's. Yeah, there's a, there's like a teaspoon of brown sugar in here, so it's going to be sweet. Yeah. Yeah. But it's not like an over, there's not a ton of odor to it. It's like not a strong scent. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. It doesn't sl- like smell like coffee. Like, I love coffee, mm-hmm. but it doesn't smell strong like coffee. Probably mm-hmm. it's, it's all hidden under the cream. Yeah. Okay. All right. So. Slancha. Slancha ma. Mm. <coughs> Taste the Jamesons. I'm happy. I wasn't expecting the cream to be so thick, so when I sucked it in, kind of like shot into my back of my throat. Mm. Yeah, watch that. Yeah, that organic whipped cream will get you every time. We're we gonna have like mustaches throughout the show now. I was wondering about that, actually. Yeah, I was wondering about it. Let yeah. myself have a cream mustache. I've got another filter. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> you built-in stirrer, Mac? Yeah. Just a... I'm not, you know, to be honest, I don't think I've ever made Irish coffee at home <laughs> like this. So I've, I've made other coffee drinks. Like I've made more uh, more <coughs> tiki cocktail type coffee drinks. But um, this is actually relatively simple compared to some of the coffee cocktails I've made. But but I, I like it. I'm, I'm happy. I'm very happy. Do we do the ratings for this like we do for the for regular drinks? Sure. Okay. He's still confused by it. I think he is. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to, if I'm honest, I'm trying to find something I like about it. It's one of those things where I like all of the elements on their own, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but when you mix it all together... It makes an unholy terror in my mouth. Wow. Wow. Well, Was I that too harsh? It's, yeah, it was a little harsh, dude. The, no, it's I, like the cream. Like the cream looks delicious. Brown sugar, I love. Mm-hmm. Like if I just like tasted the cream, I was like, okay. Then it, 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 the hot alcohol just gets to me. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Some people do have a reaction to warm alcohol. It's true. Now, Kirk really? is, oh. is asking if you did make the uh, whipped cream. Yeah. Yeah, this is a organic whipping cream I get from a local store, and it's flavored with a, a dash of maple syrup and a dash of uh, vanilla. But I have a kitchen-made mixer, so making whipped cream is actually no big deal. Hold on. Just the cream. See, the cream itself is good. Mm-hmm. I like the brown sugar in it. Mm-hmm. And I love coffee. I think I needed to make it hotter so that my sugar was sure to dissolve. I will say that that was probably a tactical error on my part. Yeah, and if I pre-warmed the mugs and done that, I think you the, the coffee will be sweeter, the beverage overall will be sweeter. You're going to get a sugar rush at the very end, basically, if you have the guts to finish it. Right. What do you guys think? I I think when you drink it actually through the cream, you get it you get it straight through the cream. It is much better when you when I think I'm getting what you're getting when as the glass is getting lower, the the fluid is getting lower in there. The cream is, is just kind of falling to the top, so when I tip the glass now, 
now the cream, the, back. the cream is now moving up and the liquid's coming underneath of it. Mm -hmm. So now I'm getting that strong shot of the Jameson like you were you were right. getting. So I think now that it's this way, I'm getting more how you, you were how you <coughs> are. But when I first start off, I really liked it. Mm -hmm. Cool. Coraline. I really liked the cream. <laughs> it's worth fair disclosure Coraline is not a drinker so she she's really she's taking one for the team by drinking anything alcoholic on the show here but. we love abusing our staff it's fun yeah that's why you have a business that's why you have a start exactly. company basically yeah um what did you what did you you had some notes I was trying to remember some notes and I couldn't remember all and you had some notes on it right Mac no we gotta yeah. we gotta rate it too one to ten true um sorry we're getting we're getting some stuff in uh <sighs> Mm -hmm. uh, let's see. We got one uh, said maybe we should have uh, should have shook it, should have shook it, and should be poured on a spoon and not yes. not uh, you are correct. In. You're correct. There is a there is a uh, there's a technique where you pour it on a spoon or pour it over a spoon to do that. And I also didn't do that. Um, I have horrible luck every time I've ever tried to do that. Yeah, yeah. Like trying to do layers in a cocktail, like yeah. drizzling something over a spoon. Oh, well, Guinness, that. you're supposed to pour over a spoon, too. So. True, true. So, <clears throat> hey, guys, this is my first attempt. Cut me some slack. Um, I think it's a gallon attempt. Mac, we didn't go over scores. Oh, scores. One to ten. Um, going through the cream, definitely I will give that a, I'll give that an, uh, an 8.5. The, uh, if when the cream's not there, then I'm going to, I'll lower that to more of like a 5.3. Mm -hmm. Okay. Wow. All about, dairy, all about the dairy products. Mm -hmm. um, this is to say nothing of Eric's ability as a bartender. <laughs> like a one. <laughs> but the cream, like a nine. Great. I have, I have lots of leftover whipped cream you can yeah, take some home. I'll have that. Back here with a spoon just <laughs> eating it. <laughs> oh yeah, we do at home. Yeah, mm -hmm. It's like a little pie and a lot of whipped creams. Um, I'm going to give it I'm going to give it a seven and a half because I know I can do better. Okay. I'm, I'm very happy with it, but I know I can mix this a little bit better with a little practice. So I do think a, a lot of the recipes just call for straight sugar and this recipe call for brown sugar. And I think that does make a difference. Just so you just, if you're going to try it at home, I do recommend using the brown sugar. Okay. I'll, I'll do it this way. <laughs> the cream itself. Say about an eight. The brown sugar, like brown sugar, especially with the cream, mm -hmm. eight and a half. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Jameson's, six and a half. I'll relieve you of this then. Coffee, Americano, or regular, like the, the coffee itself, because um, I smelled it when you were actually making it. Mm -hmm. I didn't taste it, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna approximate. It's good coffee. Good I coffee. would say. Eight and a half, nine, mm -hmm. somewhere in there. Okay. Um, everything together. One point eight. Like I, wow. I wouldn't. It's it's not my bag. I wouldn't. <laughs> That's cool. That's cool. You're I awesome. wouldn't do it. And again, it's. I'm saying it's. It doesn't matter whether it's yours or it's anyone else's. I'd I probably understand. give it about the same. I understand. It's yeah. just like it's it's not your kind of food. So. Okay. Indeed. Okay. Very good. So at least I got points for using good ingredients, guys. Indeed. Yes. Yeah. Cool. 
happy right. Irish coffee day in advance. <clears throat> and I also highly recommend making some of this up for St. Patrick's Day. It is, it is both a, an old world and a new world tradition. It'll keep guess. you warm and yeah. keep you warm. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so did you have you had some notes on the origin? Yeah, so we're getting a, a few different things here. Um, I was actually just kind of looking up more on, uh, on, on Bailey's as far as when that kind of became more of a, a prevalent thing. Uh-huh. Uh, or more is what people know today as and we're not really finding the exact date when that kind of kicked in, but it looks like there's several different variations um, that can be used. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also talking about using rum <coughs> in, instead of whiskey, okay. more of a, a Caribbean flavor to it. That's where, you, <laughs> that's where you get into the, the, the tiki, the tiki styles, which uh, yeah. coffee grog. Cool. So it looks like it's uh, what mid nineteenth century is when it first comes around, and it's, it's you see similar type things, not the ex- not this exact thing, but similar type things in Germany, Denmark, and um, so it looks in like France too. Yeah, France is the next one that just kind of popped up here, but uh, yeah, it looks like it doesn't make reference. The first time it's referenced as Irish. It is not until World War II. Mm-hmm. Yep. A story I had heard was that uh, this barkeep who was working at a bar that was adjoining an airport in County Limerick made it for some passengers and pilots of a flight that had been grounded by weather or delayed by severe weather, and they were miserable and they were cold and tired, and he whipped this up to uh, to try and give them a pick-me-up. There's, there's another story, I think, of, a, of some Irish officer made it for his <coughs> men during the war, but... Yeah, that was the airport was in County Limerick. Right. Um, so I guess we can thank County Limerick for this. There you go. Yeah. <clears throat> mm. Well, I was happy. Yeah. I enjoyed it. I'm determined we do more Irish tries on the show. No. Yeah. Going forward. I'm yeah. I'm fine with trying Irish stuff, just not yeah. hot liquor. <laughs> well, it's funny yeah. you say that. You're thinking about things that you like individually, but mixing them might not be a good idea. Right. Um, we didn't know how long this try was going to take. We thought we might want to pad it out with another thing to try. Okay. So, uh, here, let, me, uh, let me give you a clue here. So, here's exhibit A. Okay. okay. And, uh, oh, yeah, okay. Um, here we go. Here's uh, exhibit B. Okay. Okay. I, lo- I think I like this you so know far. Where we're going? This, this should look familiar to you. Okay, my other this coffee is your, mug. Your other coffee mug. And, Are we uh, making a different version of Irish coffee? You know what? I'm, I'm missing one ingredient. What was, what's the last thing I should put in here, Mac? Cream? Sorry, I'm finishing up this one. Okay. Um, uh, I know. How about some breath mints? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. We're going to put your taste buds where your mouth is. <laughs> uh, so this is the breath mint challenge? This is the breath mint challenge. I cannot okay. stand every every month. I'm like ah, ah, with Rocky having his coffee and his Lagavulin and his uh, breath mints. So we joked about what would happen if you combined them. Now we're gonna find out. Okay. Do we have any? The only thing we're missing is creamer. Do we oh, have any coffee creamer? creamer? Yeah, yeah, we got creamer. Um, <laughs> I happen to have some is. right here. Okay. Only the finest. Wildbach coffee creamer. Yeah, I, I was gonna use <laughs> some right. of the. Whipped cream, but I didn't think this experiment warranted. How many of us are trying this? 
I guess I kind of have to. Okay. Mac, do you want to try to be a hard no? I'm down for it. Okay. <laughs> okay. Coffee? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know how to use one of these, right? Yes. Okay. I'm aware. Okay. All right. This could. This is the creation of an all-new cocktail, guys. Talk about unholy. It's going to go down in... Uh, I can't believe I'm doing this to Lagavulin. I can't believe you're doing it to Lagavulin, too, but if it, it's all for the si- sake of science. Right. Yeah. It's a little bit uh, Olay, but okay, okay. that's fine. All right. Yep. I got some mugs. All right. Good, good, good. All right. Mac, I'll give you the German one. Oh, wait. No, this is yours. Yeah. I'll give you this one. Okay. Good God. I'm sorry. Pretty well. Is that enough? I don't know. I, I have Good a, God! I, I have a, I have a jigger over oh, here. If you you could have measured more. it if you wanted to. No, no, this, this is not a precise recipe. Yeah, not yet. All right, how many breath mints do we put in? All of them. I don't know. <laughs> Why did Rocky break in the Jimmy oh, Glick? Oh, I was just joking. Uh, oh, I'm not. We're gonna do this. Oh, Let's do go. this. Okay. All right. It's probably about thirty breath mints. All right. Oh, good God. Now oh, this is delicious. I can tell it already. All right. Icebreakers Wintergreen? No, these are... Uh, ice, to be specific? Icebreakers Mint. Spearmint flavor? Spearmint. A- absolutely. Spearmint. 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 My grandma used to Petey. choose spearmint gum all the time, and I'm. she always used to give us gum when we were little, so spearmint's my gum flavor. I see. So, spearmint. Just, just like grandma used to yeah. pop up. <laughs> this is my old... <laughs> They're really in there, dude. Keep going. They're not dissolving yet. I don't know how much they're going to dissolve. Your coffee is not hot enough. Okay, okay, that's better. That's better. That's better. (laughs) This is... (laughs) This is an abomination. I wonder if you're going to be able... Oh, I can smell the mint. Oh! (laughs) Oh, my God. Mac, are you ready? Oh, jeez. No, no. Finishing this, you know that, right? No, you are. I ain't. Nah. Let's get it. <sighs> Mac, you want to come get your mug? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I'm not sure you do. <laughs> the little bits are making noise around the bottom. Oh, holy Christ, preserve us. <laughs> oh, my God. This is going to be so horrible. <laughs> there, you're over there, bud. Oh, over there, now. there you go. Here you go. Sorry. All right. Nice knowing you. Oh. We promise we'll get to the real content oh. momentarily. Oh. Talk about a like a food challenge. It's frothy. <laughs> it's. Whew. It smells like yeah. hairspray. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I was trying to think. It smells very chemical, like detergent or something. Oh, like floor wax or something. It's shimmer. We've reinvented shimmer. Yeah, like Coraline, you at least have to smell it. She, she did. did. Oh. That's, this is foul. It's, we should brought buckets in. <laughs> if the spearmint factory burned down. <laughs> and back to Jimmy Glick. Uh. <laughs> it smells like that one aisle in the hardware store. You go down the, you go down the aisle with the, 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 the you know, the oils. I was going to say at the farmer's market or something. 
Because the, the spearmint's yeah, strong like, now. There's like a chemical linoleum-y kind of plastic off-gassing kind of... I can't even describe this. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It reminds me of hardware stores I've walked in. You know, like gun oil. Like you went to the hardware store and they got the gun oil in the back with the, you know, it's... Uh, holy sh sugar. You had... If, if you're at all curious what this actually smells like, you have to make this at home. This, this is a very, very original scent. Mac, ready? Into the Valley of Death. Road to the, my Big gulp. Come on, White. It doesn't taste as bad as it smells. I think it tastes worse. I think it tastes exactly like it smells. <laughs> I'm trying to... I'm trying to... Wine I wine. can hear it bubbling as I'm, <laughs> as I'm like, tipping the glass back. <laughs> oh. You deserve this. That's all I can say. Where's Adam? We need to save the rest of it for Adam. <laughs> oh. If it weren't spearmint, if it were wintergreen or something... No, no, maybe not. Then. It would just taste like Ben Gay. It's you're right. It does it kind of smells like it tastes like tastes like uh, menthol? Is, is there menthol in those things? It's spearmint, natural and artificial flavor. It's, yeah, it, it's a it, new flavor. It, it tastes yeah, it tastes like I'm drinking Ben Gay uh, or Tiger Bomb or something. Uh, it's 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 drinkable Tiger Bomb. I think, I think Coraline needs some smelling salts over here. Here, just smell this. It'll wake <laughs> you up. Sorry, I promise. <laughs> uh, yeah, All right. okay. Alright, I think we're done. That's You have to rate it. Oh. Yeah, oh, she's oh. right. Oh, the scale doesn't go negative. It's <laughs> Oh, alright, Mac. If this was the last thing I had to drink, <laughs> if I was stranded on an island and this is the last thing I would have to drink, I'm going for the seawater. You're going for the deadly dehydration yeah. water. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um Wow. Lots of zeros, points, lots of zeros, one. Mm -hmm. I'll give mm -hmm. it the okay. one okay. at the very end. All right. Okay. Give it a point zero 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 one for being liquid. Yes. Okay. <laughs> it, it it blended well. It did. Yeah. It blended There's a frothy great. note to it. It's It has a, a strong odor. Are these sick. all positives? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. All right. I can't do this anymore. All right. I'm going to get sick. Yeah. I'm going to rate it pie because I think if I drank enough of this, I'd be able to see through time. Hmm. I'll give it a two. <laughs> oh. Oh. It's, yeah. He rated it more than the Irish coffee. You bastard. Ah. Oh. Mm. Wow. I need to hit an actual just bottle at this chug point. Chug the bottle. Damn. Yes. Oh my goodness gracious. Oh. Just Okay. I'm sure we have quite a few people in the room, so to say, oh. now. I'm sorry to everyone. It's... In case you're wondering, that's why we do these things at the beginning is to kind of warm up and also give a chance for people to filter in. You know, if they're just finding the channel, you know, and tuning in sort of on time, so I think I hope we accomplished I that. I think I hope I hope I haven't ruined log of war for myself. Oh my god. I, I was starting to feel my stomach churn. <laughs> oh, like so really was. Oh. Carl's comment. Oh my god. All that mint. 
Yeah. There, there was that less. Was, that yeah, was painful. Perhaps if we had less mint. Yeah, maybe. Like zero. We need to tweak the recipe. Ugh. Nah. I wouldn't even put log of in coffee, though. Not a pe don't put a peaty scotch in. You're going to hand it to me. I just wanted to torture you. I didn't think I didn't think it through fully. I should have thought. You about forgot that. you were on the other end of the yeah, torture as well. Yeah, yes, the yes, whole indeed. team spirit thing. Right. Uh, My esophagus this, is minty fresh. It has tastes different now. All right, Mac. Delivers. I'd love to answer some questions to get my mind off of this. So um. Okay. All right. So we have well, Josh. Before, before oh, okay. we start, boys and girls, two things. Oh, yeah, a couple of announcements. Three things. One, sorry for all that. It was horrible. Two, around halfway through the show, we're going to unveil the Kiltson Culture Tartan. Mm -hmm. uh, we designed a tartan for the Kiltson Culture face group book group which kind of grew out of this show as a way to, you know, basically create a community and have uh, uh, people talk back and forth and just, you know, kind of hang out and talk about kilts and tartan and stuff. Um, so there was a bit of a, uh, a bit of a coup within the group that they decided they wanted a tartan and had to have a tartan. So you will see the tartan unleashed, unveiled, behold, whatever other big words yep. um, about halfway through the show. Then at the end of the show, we did a video segment where we wanted all of the staff here to try haggis. Not everyone here has had haggis before. I'd, I'd venture to say most of them haven't. Um, so we wanted to see if they were going to like it or loathe it or both. Um, so we're going to do that at the end of the show. We have a nice little uh, funny little clip. Yeah. Um, so stick around for all that stuff. Mm -hmm. That being said, Mr. Mac, question number one of the day. All right. Well, this is more. This is time sensitive here. So fair enough. Okay. So we've got uh, Josh. He's about uh, about to get married tomorrow, and he's using Good his planning. wedding package. Um, he ordered from us, and he would like to know: Is there any last minute tips on rocking that outfit to the max? Um, we have uh, some videos on how to get dressed in a kilt outfit. I'd say watch the videos if you've never really worn a kilt before. Watch the video. Make sure you're, you know, putting all the parts of the outfit together properly for the big day. Um, second part, especially if you're wearing a fly plate, have your best man know what it's supposed to look like and have him kind of sort you out for the photos. Make sure in all your photos, if you're wearing a fly plate, it's pulled down and you're not disheveled looking. Um, you want to make sure that you're really perfecting the outfit so that it's, you know, you're going to have those pictures for a long, long time. Mm -hmm. um, any other only um, basically, yeah. Go over the go over the details a few days in advance, so you you know you know what you're doing. So today, try, try the yeah. I mean yeah. Oh yeah. It's tomorrow. Tomorrow. <laughs> um, you might want to try things on a little bit tonight. Uh, for instance, put the kilt pin on the kilt. You know, so you make sure the placement is exactly where you want it. Uh, there are little things like that you can do. Uh, adjust the elastic on the garters for your flashes. <clears throat> you can do that ahead of time. The less you have to worry about tomorrow when you're about to enter the heat of action, uh, the better. Uh, that being said, I would say also allow a little extra time than you think you need so that if something goes wrong or if you feel uncomfortable or something, you know, just, you know, gets wrinkled or something and you didn't expect it, you have time to fix it. Yeah. Um, you want to, uh, Bo Brummel said, never rush the hour of the toilet. It's basically saying, you know, always take your time dressing in the morning. So that'd be my advice is basically give yourself enough time. Fair. Yes. Um. I don't even know what to say about the toilet thing. Um, it's old use of the word. It's not what you're thinking. I I know, but we're in now. 
Um, the only other thing I would say is just, you know, rock it like you own it. Um, yeah, you know, confidence true. goes a long way. Yeah, did he mention if he'd worn the kilt before? Uh, didn't say in in okay. the in the comment. No. Yeah, if you've never worn a kilt before at all, I highly recommend. I think this is where you're going. Try put put just the kilt on tonight and walk around a little bit. Get used to how it moves, how it feels on you, how it shifts in the course of wearing it. In case uh, you want to decide that you want the straps tighter tomorrow than you think you want them now, uh, if you've worn a kilt before and you know what you're doing in that regard, then you don't need to worry about that. But if you've never worn a kilt before, then absolutely give you a chance, give yourself a chance to wear it in a non-pressure situation to get used to it. I agree. Yeah. Let's say congratulations. Yeah. And some uh, personal experience, make sure you have everything together. Oh at least, yeah. 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 At make least, sure all like, the pieces keep parts. every, all the, all the bits and bobs together. <laughs> what happened to you? Uh, we forgot something. I remember okay. we had the sporing chain or something, something goofy that we had to go back for. Uh. Um, so I sent two people back while the rest of us got ready. But yeah, <clears throat> always make sure you have all everything there ready to go. If you have groomsmen, if the groomsmen are wearing kilts, make sure they've tried on their outfits. Yeah. My brother swore up and down on a stack of Bibles that his kilt was fine, that it was going to be fine, even though he'd never worn a kilt before. <laughs> so the morning of our wedding, of my wedding to my wife, not my wedding to my brother, that would just be weird. Um, the morning of my wedding, uh, my brother went to put on his, no, check that. The morning of my wedding, didn't feel like putting on his kilt yet. Cause we're going to go down to breakfast and oh, stuff. Geez. And I was just like, no, try on the damn kilt. I want to see you in it. And he put it on and it was too small. Oh, I guess I gained a few pounds. Oh, so the morning of my wedding, which coincidentally also the same day as the Phoenixville Celtic festival. I had to drive my brother through the crowds through Phoenixville, 25 minutes from the wedding mm. location mm -hmm. to go to the shop, to open it up, even though the store was closed to move the buckles on his kilt to get out and drive back to the wedding. Wow. Yes. Wow. Thanks, Matt. Yeah. Um, now it, it all worked out fine, but the moral of the story is try the stuff on ahead of time. Mm -hmm. Make sure the groomsmen, if they're wearing kilts are trying things on ahead of time, make sure everything yeah. is sorted. It's one less thing to have to worry about. Yeah, and it may not be your best man, but have somebody who's your point man, just like you know, a bride will have a, a bridesmaid who is in charge of stuff. Basically, somebody who can keep your brain together as you're feeling frazzled and who can watch out for these things for you. And if there's an emergency, they can run and get the missing part, or they can find the safety pins, or you know, whatever. You know, have have a have somebody who's your wingman, yeah, to help you out. And always bring a sewing kit, little needle and thread, a little travel sewing kit. Yeah, a little yeah. travel sewing kit. Yeah, especially for stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Indeed. Enjoy. Congratulations again. Yes, congratulations. Mr. Mack. All right, so we have Chuck <coughs> saying he's an avid snowboarder. He's cool. asking if we've ever seen anyone ski or board in a kilt. Yes, we have. Mm -hmm. The, uh, it's, did I do it? No, I don't I think, think I used ever to snowboard. Yeah, I used to snowboard. I don't think, I don't think I ever snowboarded in the kilt. Hmm. Um, <clears throat> I've seen it done a few ways. I've seen guys snowboard in a kilt with Long johns on underneath and then the kilt on top. I've seen them put the kilt on top of like snow pants and I've seen them wear just the kilt and, you know, socks and flashes. Um, so I've seen it a few different ways. It really boils down to how good are you at snowboarding yeah. and how often is your rear going to be touching the snow? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. I'd say if there's a sport out there, somebody at some point has tried to do it in a kilt. Yeah. So, yeah, have fun. <laughs> 
I always wanted to, I, I threatened my, uh, my deck hockey team, like basically street hockey inside. I threatened my deck hockey team when USA Kilts sponsored them to, that we were going to be, you know, we had USA Kilts jerseys and I was going to make kilts for all the guys. Yeah, man. And at least for the goalie to help protect the five hole. So we would not get scored on as much because he <laughs> kind of sucked. Oh, ouch. Ouch. But no, awesome. never did it. Oh, well. Yeah. But yeah. If you do it, and kilts are fun. get some pictures or video. I'd love to see it. Absolutely. Yeah. Because yeah. you say you've seen people do it. I've never seen people yeah, do it. Yeah. I, mean, I, have, I have a picture of a guy, but they're like at the bottom of the slopes with his buddy. I have a guy in a right. kilt after skiing, but uh, <clears throat> I don't have any action shots of somebody doing it. I've seen, yeah, I've seen the one you have, I think, is, is he a skier or a snowboarder? I can't tell. Um, I don't remember. And we used to have a customer, I completely forget his name because it was like 14, 15 years ago now. John. Um. Yeah, John. Yeah. I remember John. He's a great guy. Uh, no, Chuck. Big, tall Chuck. Big guy. Okay. Um, he used to go skiing. Now, now, actually, no, his name is Chuck. I'm not lying. Um, no, Chuck used to go skiing in his uh, in his kilt. So I have pictures somewhere of a big, tall dude in a kilt Yeah, I'd like skiing. to see those. Yep. Yeah, that's cool. And he wore his flashes on the outside of his snow boots, of his ski nice. boots. It was pretty awesome. Nice. That's awesome. So. Yeah, the, the funkiest sport picture I have in the archive is our our friend, uh, Captain Ron, who's a uh, scuba dive instructor. And we actually made a kilt just for scuba diving for him, you know, with, with the web straps and everything. Uh, so you could use it kind of partially to promote his business. But he actually, we have a picture of him, you know, in the, the bright blue Caribbean ocean with his, uh, with his kilt on. So... I never want to make another kilt with straps and webbing straps. Did you make it or did I make it? I think it was a combination of, uh, I think Ian. I, think Ian, I remember it took like a long time to figure out how the hell we were going I think, to do it. I think Ian did, made it. And we, it was uh, like a little bit of us, and like me and you and him together, just trying to, how many needles working on the, um, on the webbing. Needles were fine. Yeah. It okay. was just the, uh, it was just trying to figure out how the buckles were all going to work together. Okay. Okay. In in how they're going to have to lay and hook and then be mm -hmm. able to expand, yeah, because it's it was kind of like backwards because you're you're pulling on the buckle strap. Yeah, it was weird. Huh. Yeah, don't want to do it again. Anyway, yeah. next question. Well, Chuck did say he's he is a climber, and if he could figure <clears throat> out the harness, uh, he would be able to. He would he would wear it for that. But uh, could you wear the yeah. kilt? Put on the harness first, and then put on the kilt. I think that'd be weird. Well. You know, it's even more weird just yeah. trying to put a harness on, but you know, grabbing your bulge when it's you know you have a kilt on and it all the stuff goes around the kilt. You need the yeah. separation because it goes between your legs. Yeah, it's just I don't know for what length of time you have the harness on when you're doing a climb. I'd have to ask my brother-in-law. He's the a rock whole, climber but, the whole time. Yeah, but I mean, like, is he gonna be kilting like when they're when they're hiking in to the to the to the rock or whatever? And then is he taking the harness off when they get to the top? Or I don't know. I don't know. I yeah. don't know anything about it. Some things but. are not necessarily suited directly for kilting. Yeah. Um, so if you're going to do it, if it were me, I'd probably put the harness on and then put the kilt on top. Hmm. Yeah, I think that yeah. makes the most sense. Yeah. Okay. Indeed. Good photo op, though. Depending on the angle. <laughs> Next question. <clears throat> so we have, uh, we have Matthew uh, saying, when going with a PC, are diced hose the most appropriate choice? Sure. They're extremely um, appropriate. It's a question of whether you want to invest in them or not for your particular look. Are they the most appropriate? Um, I'm just taking it the way that he wrote the question. Yeah, it's appropriate is an interesting yeah. word. 
to parse out. They are appropriate with a PC. Yes, yeah. 100%. <clears throat> um, dice toes are definitely appropriate with PC. Argyle hose are absolutely appropriate with a PC. Yeah. Regular colored hose are appropriate with a PC. Um, so there's no more or less appropriate. It's just kind of how you want your outfit to look. Yeah, I think it's about the tone. Um, diced and argyle hose are, as you probably already know, this are some of the oldest uh, hose designs there are. Um, so if you want an extremely traditional look, like, you know, really timeless or maybe a bit retro back to turn of the century or even prior, you know, Victorian age, then yeah, you, that's a great way to nail it. Um, a, uh, a solid color pair of hose is much more common these days. And so you could argue it's a little bit more of a contemporary kind of a look. Uh, but it's, yeah, if you have them, absolutely flaunt them. I mean, they're, they're awesome. You know, not as many people wear them these days simply because of, um, I think cost probably, would you say, or availability? Yeah. And they're, it takes a certain personality to pull them off to a degree. Um, cause they're, they're very, it's, you're mixing patterns. A lot of guys (coughs) do not want to mix patterns. So they'll want to wear a tartan kilt and then. Solid shirt, solid tie, solid hose. Just feels safer. Yes, it okay. feels safer. There's okay. less of a, a a chance for a mistake. Also, the people that are matchy matchy, like would not necessarily want to wear a black watch tartan kilt with red and black diced mm-hmm. hose. Mm-hmm. It's very traditional. Extremely, it's fine. Extremely traditional, but yeah. But it still doesn't match. And I'm talking about like the American matchy matchy thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess so you. it's yeah, it's it's absolutely appropriate. Is it for everyone? No. Mm-hmm. That's kind of where I land on it. Yeah, but it's 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 very it's very definitely uh, it, it it smacks of you really know what you're doing. Yeah, and you, and you are really you know up to your eyeballs in the tradition and being knowledgeable about the tradition. So yeah, <coughs> along those lines, I'd say it's a great idea. Yes, mixing <coughs> mixing patterns such as you know diced hose or argyle hose with the kilt. Um, although argyle really aren't mixing; they're just the different colored version of the, of the kilt. Yeah. Um, typically. Um, mixing patterns, when done well, I agree 100%, makes you, really lets you stand out, lets you explore a little bit more or, or project more personality. Um, it can look extremely sharp if done well, It can, and it can also look a dog's dinner if done poorly. Yeah. So you have to kind of know what you're doing a little bit, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. but um, I'll take it to the, you know, on a little bit of an angle to, you know, pattern tweeds with yeah. kilts yeah. or yeah. Uh, like country, you know, check kind of shirts or, you know, window pane, window pane. Yeah. Yeah. Tweeds um, and stuff like that. Yeah. What the heck's the, the official word for the shirt? Mac, what's the word for the shirt? Tattersall. Tattersall. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Tattersall shirts, you know, window pane checks, those kind of things can look great with the kilt, but it takes a bold kind of personality to pull it off because it's not an exact match and you're doing something different and you're mixing patterns, but if you know what you're doing, it can look really, really or sharp. At least, or at least experience. Yeah. You know, once you, when you're comfortable with uh, the tones and the colors and the tartan and you know in your mind easily what looks right with it, then, you know, it's like, oh, when you see that shirt randomly in the in the store, it's like, hmm, will that look good? That'll match my, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Which I'm assuming that's what you do. I mean, you don't always know you're going to find a shirt that matches X tartan. It's just, it's no, like, it's, aha. You know. <clears throat> yeah, I actually, I will shop for a Tattersall shirt based on my knowledge of what I have in my closet and say, okay, this shirt could work with this or this, you know, this right. one just, just a window pane, like a red window pane on a white shirt. Okay. That can match anything with a red stripe in it. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it'll, yeah, I, I like 
I like mixing patterns in that way. Um, and I, I think I do a reasonable job of it. I don't think I'm necessarily oh, yeah, yeah, you're the great. best, but I think I yeah. do a pretty good job. At the risk of sounding like a suck-up, I think you do a great job. Thank you. Um, I will give one corollary to the uh, uh, Dyson Argyle's hose thing. If you're doing them, I do not recommend personally using uh, tartan flashes. I think that's a little bit much. I would And, and his smacks of being not as traditional. You're, Max nodding like he agrees to. Um, I would say stick with the solid color flashes or, um, or uh, garter ties if you're going to do that. Cool. Agreed. Yeah, and Matt also did say he's he's seen pictures of uh, uh, Prince Charles wearing diced hose sure. in formal in oh, formal yeah. situations. Yeah. And then uh, he also mentioned about him usually wearing buckle brogues. And then uh, again, not for also our, also I, asked I why buckle brogues. Why why does Rocky hate buckle brogues? Uh, <laughs> because well. He was terrified by them at a young age. Yes, I was beaten he, he, with the buckle brogues. Yeah, he was scared by a Buster Brown commercial. Yeah. The, it, I just, I can't do it. I don't know why. I just hate them. The, and I will say it is kind of uh, taken to a new level because I haven't seen any good ones. All the buckle brogues that I have seen have basically the, the top little strappy thing. Fake. Well, A, they look like, like shoes like a little girl would wear to, to Catholic school. It, it just weirds me out. I just can't get behind okay. it. Um, but the top strap works, and then the bottom, the big old honk and buckle, it's just, for the ones that I have seen, are just decoration. They're literally, like, barely sewn on there. They're kind of floppy and hanging off. They're, it just, it, it's crap. I hate it. Okay. Ban buckle brogues. Hashtag ban buckle brogues. You can see Irish coffee talking there. No. Scary guy. Um, I think we trod upon the rest of the question or comment. Did, was he saying something else, Mac? You were trying to... No, he was just brought about the Prince Charles wearing dice toes. Yeah, yeah. Um, if you want, if you want to do something fun, see if you can find pictures of Prince Charles from like the seventies. It's uh, the the slight differences in the fashion between now and then. It's kind of amusing to see. They're hard to find, but uh, you can you can see some of the variances in his look. Now is a lot more toned down, I think, than it was back then. But Elvis meets Scottish tradition. Yeah, more, more like uh, uh, rhinestone you know. Prince Charlie. Yeah, rhinestone yeah. Prince Charlie. God. No, seeing more John Travolta in a kilt <laughs> in a disco. Uh, no, please stop. Boogie woogie. <laughs> Mr. Mac. Alrighty, so we have... The duck um, hasn't moved even once. Do you, do you remember you got the duck? <clears throat> yeah, I remember the duck's out okay, there. Okay, the duck is out. Okay. Um, so, uh, speaking of uh, killed hose, we'll stick we'll stay in that area for right now. Uh, we have Lewis saying, when getting hilt, killed hose, he gets ones that fit his feet, but they seem seem not to be high enough on the legs. If he mm. gets ones that are high enough on, on the heel comes up. Yeah, so he's getting he's getting the opposite. Is there anything to He's got long with legs and short feet. Yeah. I've um, had the same problem. Piper hose. Get a pair of uh Piper killed hose or a pair of our not to do a plug, but a pair of our cotton hose. You actually fold the top down twice. They're a little bit longer in the leg. So a pair of medium Piper hose there's a lot more adjustability on how high you want or how low you want the, the turnovers to be. That's also great advice for really, really tall guys. Kurt Kinneman looking at you. Um, or, yeah, or guys with a little bit wider calves and, and smaller feet. Yeah, I'd say the, I'm, I'm always frustrated by having the, uh, the heel cup on, on my kill hose or socks in general riding up towards my ankle when I pull, the, pull my uh, hose up properly. And uh, <clears throat> I just kind of 
deal with it. Occasionally I put on uh, uh, like athletic socks underneath the hose so there's more friction so that the, 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 the heel of the kilt hose doesn't ride up as easily. Um, but you know, sometimes I put on a pair of brogues and I have this little floppily dop of the excess fabric from the, the heel of the kill hill riding up. So I've never really done the Piper hose as a solution though. That's a good idea. I should do that. Oh yeah. How about that? And okay. just by the by, floppily dop. Floppily dopply. <clears throat> New word. And I stole it from Blackadder actually. Ah. Yeah. Stole it from a, a Britcom. Fair. I do like floppily dop. That was pretty nice. Okay. Okay, not welcome. it's different different vein than gridular but still good yeah it's not as technical as gridular yeah yeah indeed Flop any other dot. questions so we've got kj4rmz okay who's watching us on youtube is that the traditional spelling i believe so okay yeah just checking um are sneakers okay to wear with a utility style kilt and what socks yes and, and socks yes. yep um for utility kilts, you're, <clears throat> there are no traditions. Utility kilts only go back to 1999. So it's not like it's steeped in history and this, you know, deep Celtic meaning. Um, it is was invented by a dude in Seattle who wanted to put guys in skirts and said, hey, I want to, you know, cut my shorts up the middle, sew it together, cargo pockets. It's fun. Add some pleats. Got a utility kilt. Hi, Steve, um, yeah, by the hi, way. Hi, Steve. <laughs> and there's we nothing wrong with that. Steve's a great guy. Yeah. Um, I'm mocking, but Steve Yegas from uh, Utilicos is a great guy. Um, anyway, it's there is no tradition to it. So <clears throat> you can wear kilt hose with it and a pair of, you know, not wingtips necessarily, but, you know, kilt hose with it and a pair of combat boots. You can wear, you know, Converse not, uh, chucks with it and you know, a pair of crew socks. Yeah. Um, you can wear a T-shirt. You can, you know, you can dress it up or down. You can play with it as you want to play with it because there is no tradition. As we move forward in time, you know, the utility kilts have been around for 21 years now. <clears throat> so as we move forward in time, just by the nature of moving forward in time and people experimenting and doing things, traditions will evolve out of this. And there, in 50 years, if utility kilts aren't just a fad and go away entirely, which they may, um, but if they stick around, it will have its own tradition. It's a, you know, a subset of a Good. subset. Yeah. So... At that point, there will be some rules and regulate, not rules, but, you know, conventions and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, I could see it evolving into that. It's not there yet. We are making it now. Yeah, I would say um, I'll, I'll temper that a tiny bit by saying that uh, you could you could argue that the same rule we have for regular kilts applies here, too, <clears throat> that you don't want uh, the shoes to distract from the rest of the outfit. I mean, if, if the kilt is the part of the outfit that you're proud of the most, and what makes the outfit cool to you, then don't wear like crazy jam, you know, Nike sneakers with all kinds of colors are going to look distracting from the kilt. Um, I think there's definitely become a culture of guys defaulting to uh, combat boots or work boots of some kind with utility kilts. That's the most standard footwear I've ever worn with them. And I think most guys have ever worn with them. Um, sneakers, they, they look more <coughs> relaxed. And I think most guys have a perception of utility kilts as being more of a rough and ready kind of adventure kind of a thing. So the boots feel more appropriate. Um, but you can wear whatever you damn well please. There's really no no problem with any of it. Yeah. I don't think flip-flops look very good with a utility kilt. Or a regular kilt. Or any kilt. Or most things aside from spin trunks. Crocs. Crocs Only if they're uh, glow orange. Yeah. Well, if you're going boating, you see this thing, form follows function. Especially with utility kilts. If you're wearing your utility kilt out in a boat, you're going fishing, 
wear the flip-flops, wear the Crocs, whatever. I'll if you're going this. out on a date, I'd go with a pair of Docs or something that looks cool. I'll say this, minor callback. Yeah. If it's a black tie affair <laughs> and my options oh, yeah. are Crocs or Buckleborogues, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm going Crocs. Really? Wow. I, okay. I hate Buckleborogues that much. Okay. Really all right. Okay. Okay. Gear down. It's all right. Take, take your Valium. It's all right. Um, I think I figured out my question of the day. <laughs> okay. Cool. <clears throat> uh, yes. More questions? Mac? Sure. Should I do Mac. One <clears throat> all right. So we have... Um, this is actually a pretty good one. Uh, we've got Scott asking... All the other ones are horrible. <laughs> no, this <laughs> one's not too bad. This, We're not one, judging. This is one of those questions <laughs> that comes up... That does come up uh, quite a bit. And, and some people do get turned off by purchasing a certain tartan because it may not be a family tartan. They have to strictly get this. So it's, it's definitely very fitting. Okay. Um, so Scott, he bought a Great Scott tartan. Oh, okay. Um, but it's not his family tartan. What's the best answer to give if someone asks, is that your family's tartan? When I tell him it's not, and I bought it because I like, I like the tartan, and he gets funny looks. Yeah, because you're running up against the <clears throat> preconceived notions that non-kilt wearing people have about it. And it's like, you are wearing kilt. You must have clan. You must be Scottish. Yeah, you're not fitting into their box, and so <clears throat> they get confused. Yeah. Um, you can break people that way. Yeah, um, I have. The, I love doing it. The, <laughs> um, I would say this. If you actually have a family tartan, and it's just not that one, like let's say you're a steward, um, but you happen to be wearing the, the Great Scott tartan that day, then if you really want to let them off the hook mentally... Um, then you just say, oh, hey, is that your family tartan? Nope. My family tartan is Stuart. That one's at home in my closet. This is a universal tartan called Great Scott. I just really like this one. This is my second kilt. Right. Period. Um, the, if it, if you don't have a family tartan, then if you want to give the, I don't want to say politically correct, but the answer that would let them off the hook again mentally, um, you could say, nope. I don't have a family tartan, but I really, really love kilts, so I chose a universal one. This one is called the Great Scott Tartan. It's a universal one that anyone can wear. Um, again, you're you're placating their their preconceived notions of oh, it you know you must have clan tartan to wear kilt. So you're giving them what they actually want to hear. You're making not letting them think ill of you because they're going to think ill of you because they're idiots because um, they don't know what the hell they're doing. Um, but that being said, it's a way to give them the answer that is accurate and gives them the information that they I think they want. Yeah. I'd say either of your answers would let them off the hook. Yeah. But, uh, it's up to you. It's, uh, it's not your responsibility to educate people or to divulge your personal reasons for anything in this world, frankly. Um, but it, you have to gauge on each situation, how much you feel like educating that person versus how much you just want to get out of the conversation. Cause you're trying to get through the line at the, at the, you know, the quickie mark. Now, so, now, Eric, we do, we do tell people to be good mentors. We do, we do, but I don't want, I don't want people to have to feel like they have to stop and give a lecture to every single person they meet on the street. I think, I think, I think you, it, you're there's within a your right. Sure. Yeah, there's a balance. You're within your rights to gauge how much time it's worth investing in this. I will definitely say, as much as it might be tempting, do not make something up. Because if it's me, and if I'm in a mischievous mood, I could wind up saying something like, well, this tartan represents the Battle of Falkirk. And my great-great-great-great-grandfather died there with a sword through his skull. 
and the colors of this kilt represent the grass that he fell on and the blood that spilled upon the grass and and it gets me choked up every time I think about it. But you know you shouldn't do that. It's getting thick in here. Yeah, don't my don't readers? make stuff up. Seriously, yeah. there's a, there's enough mythology out there and unsubstantiated rumors about kilts. Um, stick with one of the two options that Rocky gave. Basically, just yeah, a quick make, make quick it as, and dirty. Yeah, answer. as quick or as long as you want. Yeah, but, and if if they give you a look <clears throat> or they feel weird or whatever, um, turn the question around on them and and you know start and if you want to get into it a little bit. Start a little bit of a conversation, not confrontationally. Just be like, "Oh, are you Scottish? Do you have a family tartan?" And make it a little bit about them, and then their yeah. their walls will come down a little bit. Um, Sometimes that's what they're looking for. Is like they're looking for validation because you know they want the excuse to say, "Oh, well, actually, I'm a Stuart." You know, they want to feel like you you're the cool kid because you're wearing the kilt, and they kind of want you to validate them. And that sometimes that's why they're asking the question. Yep, that's so, a good point. It's yeah. they just want to. They think it's cool. They want someone to talk to about it. This is their way of opening up a dialogue. Yep. And if your, you know, first line back is, no, it's not my family talking. It was just pretty. Then mm-hmm. you've let them down. Mm-hmm. So it's, and it's, it's not that they're, you know, it's just a natural reaction. If they had an expectation going into the discussion. It meet their preconceived yeah. fancy or whatever. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. So that's um, why I would have something like one of the other comments kind of on hand, ready to go mm-hmm. shoot at them. And you can, and I, I, I would tend to default to, it's not my clan, but I like this tartan. Um, not every clan has a registered tartan. Yeah. Yep. And not every and just because you have a clan doesn't mean you have to wear that tartan. You could wear a universal tartan and still wear your clan kilt pin on it, for instance. Um, so yeah, there's any number of ways to play it. <clears throat> be gentle. You know, be kind to people. Don't be a jerk. So be in, a the, jerk. in that case, we just had Thomas ask this question. Okay. Um, he's his family tartan <clears throat> is McThomas, mm. and. Uh, Family tartan, McThomas wear a red tartan. Yep. Um, so we do not have red tartans in ours, uh, modern ancient. Um, so can he? Is there any rules or anything that he should be aware of if he goes to wear a red tartan and just to pick one and just go with it? No, I'd say pick a universal tartan um, that you like and go with it. And then if somebody says, "Is that your clan tartan?" Nope, my tartan is McThomas tartan. I, I would, depending on your, your comfort level with strangers, again, like to Eric's point, you don't need to justify anything you're doing to anyone who randomly walks up to you. Um, that being said, if you want to justify it you, and you don't have a McThomas tartan because it's too expensive or, you know, you, you can't, you haven't saved up to get it yet and you just wanted a beater kilt and you're wearing a Royal Stewart cheapo kilt. He just doesn't kilt. like the family tartan. Some guys don't like their family tartans. <clears throat> well, so. it, let me finish my point first. If you haven't done... If, you ha- if you're saving up for it but I haven't gotten there yet, then just say, nope, I'm saving up for my family tartan in a good kilt. This is Royal Stewart. I just really like one, this one until I get my family tartan. If you hate your family tartan because it's hideous, um, then you just say, nah, I really didn't like my family tartan. It's garish. So I picked this one as my placeholder for, you know, what I choose to represent my Scottish heritage. Yeah. And and again, you know, you can you can wear that red tartan if you just happen to like the color red. That's fine. Um, as as we often mention here, clan specific tartans are a relatively new tradition compared to tartan itself as a technology. And if you go back 200, 300 years, guys were mixing tartans, and it was a whole weird party color thing of this is just happens to be what my wife wove last winter, so this is what I've got. This is a jacket I bought from some guy. It's a completely different tartan, but I really like the jacket. 
and things were really funky. So it's uh, you don't have to be hogtied by that. You pay homage to the tradition as much or as little as you want to and as much or as little as you're able to based on finances and things like that. So yeah, yep. wear the red tartan if you want to. Yeah. Very good. That was a shaggy dog answer, but... It was. Got my wolf, dander up. Wolf. Well, we we've have had quite a few people ask us about PV tartans, and if there's anything new coming out this year <coughs> that, you know, might be out in the world that we want to share. Sounds, sounds familiar. Mm. Sounds like a topic that we were going to bring up around... Around now. Around now, actually. Do it. Okay. Boys and girls. It's four o'clock. It's totten time. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why it was disco. Um, <clears throat> we have a group over on Facebook called Kilts and Culture. We started the group to basically build a community. We wanted a place for people to mentor each other, to talk about tartans and stuff, where newbies can go and learn about things. Learn If they want to learn how to do something traditionally, but not get the, that's not how it's done, how dare you kind of attitude, but... They want some guidance, some gentle feedback, that kind of thing. There's a few different forums on the interwebs. Um, there's Facebook groups and whatnot. And some of them are either traditional leaning. Some of them are more contemporary. I'm going to wear what I want to wear. And they're fine. And I'm members of those groups too. Um, we wanted to do something that was a little more just friendly in general and kind of keep uh, keep the vibe just nice positive. and everyone just kind of positive. Yeah, And a big tent. Real, yes, you know, big tent, big tent, kind of, yeah. yeah, good way of putting it. Um, so that group kind of grew out of this show and wanting to mentor and wanting to just kind of talk about all this stuff. The members started a coup. They needed a tartan. They had to have a tartan, something to represent the group as a whole. So, without further ado, we have designed. The kilts and culture tartan. We have to make. We have to have more better mouth noises. And Coraline, um, did you push the magic button? Coraline Yay. has pushed the magic button. So you're all seeing for the first time world premiere of the kilts and culture tartan. We are going to be doing it in uh, polyviscose fabric. We're also going to be doing a limited run in wool as well. Mm-hmm. So if you are in the group or you're seeing this and want it in wool. Speak now or hold your peace for at least a long time, if not forever. <laughs> um, and the PV, we're going to just kind of start stocking as one of our stock-supported tartans. Um, we just started taking pre-orders for it literally now. Um, so if you go to the website, you can check it out. Just search on Kilts and Culture. Uh, and we're right now in the weaving stage. We've approved the CAD design. Uh, mill so has so yet to... pre-order. Yeah, it's pre-order. It's pre-order right now. The mill has yet to get back with the actual date when it should be delivered to us, but I'm assuming based on their general lead times, probably end of April ish for mm-hmm. making the kilts and out the door. Kind I think of thing. that's probably the main PV offering that we're bringing out new this year, at least Correct. as of now. Yep. That is, that is the big thing. And you don't have to be a member of the group to wear it. it we, we want something that had a nice rustic feel to it also. And you'll note um, in the, the, the palette choices that basically it has that nice kind of rustic weathered uh, kind of weathered kind of look to it. Yep. So, and our operators are standing by to get your call. <laughs> <laughs> Hurry! <laughs> All right, enough of a commercial. Yeah. Um, so, anyway, hope you guys dig it. Um, yeah. I designed it over the last... Uh, I actually wanted it to come out before Christmas, um, but I had a good time, went back and forth a good bit. 
um, talked to the mods about it a bit, talked to a few members of the staff here, came up with a few different iterations of it, and uh, this was the clear winner, hands down, by not quite unanimous vote, but pretty damn close to unanimous mm-hmm. vote. Yeah. So, yeah. cool. Enjoy. Awesome. Mr. Mac. Alrighty, so... <clears throat> Speaking of mods, we've got Kurt. Hi, Kurt. He's uh, he's got a question for uh, for us on Sporns. For dress Sporns, is there a big difference in chrome versus antique finish, other than the other than the card, other than <coughs> the color? Um, is one considered more formal than the other? No, it's really, really just personal preference. Yeah. Um, chrome was more popular, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, just because it's uh, it's shinier and the buttons are shiny on the PC generally and that kind of thing, um, but it, yeah, then at some point, I, I would I would this isn't a hard and fast fact. This is my 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 educated guess. At some point, it just kind of became cheapish looking to some people, if I'm going to put it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of guys kind of dug the more matted, less less shiny, less mirror finish, um, antiqued version of the metals. Um, so that kind of came to the fore. They've kind of been, they sell effectively neck and neck. It's not that one is, you know, sells 10 times better than the other. Um, it's just a different, another option, another way to sell more sporns, another way to give customers different options. Um, yeah, it's just people want options. People want to customize things. People want their own touch, their own exact tastes. So it's just a way to give people that. I think the, the Chrome basically came about because they were trying to mimic silver. Maybe that's obvious, but essentially, um, silver was the metal of choice for formal, uh, Highland dress way back when, and it is expensive. I mean, it was, and that speaks to a degree about the level of society that was investing in those things in the first place. So especially for a formal occasion. You wanted to look very posh. You wanted to look well-to-do. Um, so Chrome seemed like an obvious choice from the manufacturer's standpoint to offer something to people. And I'm thinking like 50s, and probably even further back than that, but I'm thinking 50s awesome. and 60s when it really probably became standard. Um, something that looked posh, but you could afford it. So oh, when did the... Uh, I'm trying to think when... Chrome's been around for a long time. But, was, but that's where I was going to go. When is the electroplating and all that kind of stuff? To... Electroplating is, goes back way or, back, but... To the chrome plating technology, I'll put it that yeah. way. Yeah, do they have chrome um, in the turn of the century? I don't know. But uh, I, but I think that, but that's basically where the, came, the chrome came from. But yeah, um, it doesn't have the same uh, tarnishing effects in the crevices that silver does. So it doesn't have the same definition that silver will. And so and it doesn't it, get the same patina. That's what I mean. You yeah, you, you didn't get the patina, so it just didn't look the same. And over time, people got tired of it, and so the pewter became more popular. Um, now that I've said that, of course. Chrome will come back in a big way, and nobody will want pewter sporns anymore. But oh, no, not pewter, antique. Antique. Well, Correct. antique is supposed to look kind of like either look like pewter yeah, or matted. look like or yeah. look like tarnished silver. I guess you could yeah. say. But yeah, yeah. Bronze is it just the, gives it more definition. Bronze is the thing right now. Gives more detail to the design because yeah. of the the you know the the darkness in the crevices. Yeah. Um. The the bronze kind of the 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 chocolate bronze kind of color is a, a fashiony thing. I don't think that's going to have a whole lot of legs. But I think it'll be around for a little while yeah. um, in the same way that the the black, um, not black chrome, but like antique, but it's black, black, um, was popular for a hot minute. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'd say anti- straight antique and straight chrome 
will be around for a while. Um, as, as people want more and more custom things and want things that are more unique and different, um, I believe, it's my opinion, that they're going to see a lot more pewter cantles and pewter bits because it's a lot a, it's not too expensive. It's you know on on par with the cost of a chrome or an antique cantle, um, but the development costs are much much cheaper. Um, you can get a pewter mold for you know a couple hundred bucks versus a stamp, you know, a brass stamp thing that has to stamp out for the chrome plated things uh -huh. um, for the uh, for the candles and whatnot. So it's yeah, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go on record as saying I think there's gonna be more. And more pewter cantles going forward. Okay. Mac, you're trying to get our attention? 1924 is when chrome plating was invented. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. That fits. That, that fits with what was in my brain. Okay. What did they use it for originally? Metal. Automotive. Chrome plating metal bits. Because uh... an anti-corrosion technology. Yeah. So was... I'm guessing for automobile stuff. Or not. Yeah. Doesn't, I don't have the whole article, but yeah. That's cool. Another reason I love the 1920s. God, I love the 20s. Hey, we're in the roaring 20s now. I know, I know. Been waiting for this for a long time. <laughs> you got your little, never mind. Ah, <laughs> uh, uh, yes. Since we haven't brought it up yet, uh, what tartans are y'all wearing? I was about to say uh, we yes. should mention our tartans. Yeah. Uh, I got my County of Wexford. <clears throat> I'm breaking my usual advice to people by not covering up the bottom part of my tie. I usually say you should not wear a tartan tie with a tartan kilt unless you have some separation here. But it was warm and I was uh, mixing drinks, so I'm very casual. But uh, County Wexford, my favorite uh, Irish county tartan. I got my got my harps buckle matched too. Looks very pretty. I love this. Love this thing. The um, yeah, no, it's good. It's yeah, it's it was definitely warm in here. Yes, it's definitely warm in here. So did you have a sweater vest that you yeah. had on earlier? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had my sweater vest, but yeah. So that's why you're not wearing it. Yeah. Me, on the other hand, I was stupid. I just brought in a t-shirt and a sweater. So when it's time for the show, I get mm -hmm. to sweat. Um, yeah, you got the interesting tartan today. Yes. Today I am rocking the is this second ever. No, I guess he has two. Um, <clears throat> Scruffy Wallace, who was the uh, the the used to be the the bagpiper for Dropkick Murphys, is a buddy of ours, and we've done a few tartans with him and for him. This one, when he left the band, he ended up uh, as a sheriff up in Massachusetts, the, the great Commonwealth. Not state, the mm -hmm. Commonwealth mm -hmm. of Massachusetts. Um, and when he does, he bagpipes for his department and, and a few different departments around him. And uh, when he bagpipes funerals in his you know, police gear, he wanted a tartan that matched his police gear. So I designed this tartan for him. I forget whether we registered it or not. Um, I designed the tartan. I had it woven, but I don't know whether I registered it or not. But um, yeah, so I don't, if it has a name, I forget what the name is. It is the Scruffy Wallace's Police Sheriff Tartan. I think it's as simple as that. Something like that. It's yeah. very, very much along that that line. Yeah. Swap foo. Yeah, it's just fun. I just i I loved designing this particular one. I love playing with the the grays and the blacks in it, and then just a little hint of the blue color. Uh -huh. um, so it was a it was a cool idea that he came up with and allowed me to kind of run with it. So yeah. Eventually, yeah. I figured I have a bunch of extra cloth. I need to make one for me because I like it. Yeah. So we usually usually I'll put a link in the comments about the tartans, you know, where you can find the tartans on our website. Not that one. 
Sorry. Wah, wah. It's all mine. And, yep. and, and, and Scruffy's. Scruffy's yeah. <laughs> Fine. Next question, Mr. Mac. Well, just to finish up, because there was also people you can kind of see Coraline's. Uh, oh, in the, in the, Coraline in there. Oh, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Yes, uh -huh. uh, she has on the uh, the Caledonia. Uh -huh. uh, and then I. it's from also for me walking on screen. I've got the Strathclyde Blue on today. That's a really good point. We gotta make sure we include these guys with this stuff from now on. So my apologies to you both. It, it just it came up in the questions. People were asking for what all of us were wearing today. So there you go. You guys look very pretty. You both do look, oh, especially look great. you, Mac. Look awesome. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. So we have Raymond. Uh, he is asking, can you chat about pleats, uh, like box pleating? And also the difference between a doing something to the stripe or to the set. I believe Raymond had asked that. Uh... Yeah, yeah. Raymond Nayert? Yes. Yeah, okay. Hi, Raymond. Check one off my list. Okay. The See, we did keep the questions. Yeah. Um, what, what was the actual question aside from chat about? <clears throat> Could you go into some depth on the topic of pleating? <laughs> For yeah. instance, set versus stripe. Also, box pleating. Which I don't really know much about. Okay. So basically a rundown on pleating construction. Sure. Um, Try not to shaggy dog this too much. But. Me? Never. <laughs> um, you asked for it, Raymond. Here we go. The um, uh, the short, short version. Sorry. I'm channeling my inner space balls. There are a few different types of pleats that you can make for a kilt. The most common by far is knife pleating. Uh, knife pleating is when all the pleats basically go the same direction. For men's kilts, 99.9% .9 of them, the pleats are going to go, as you're staring down at the floor, are going to go counterclockwise around the back of your body, wrapping this direction. For women's kilted skirts, they're typically knife-pleated kilts, uh, or kilted skirts. They Theirs can go either direction, just depends on the manufacturer. Um, for box pleating, box pleats mean that, the, that there's a there's a knife edge on both sides of the pleat. So it's going to fold into the left and into the right. And then, you know, basically fan out to the next pleat. And then it kind of makes a Z shape. Um, like a, like a, like an hourglass, like a black widow hourglass. Yeah. 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 But it's like a Z's think of Z and then a backward Z facing it. And then another backward Z and connect those back forth, back forth. That's, if you're looking down the edge of a box pleated kilt, that's how it's going to look. And the tops basically just barely touch, and the depths of the pleat underneath, inside, barely touch in the backside. Um, there's something called a military box pleated kilt, which is kind of a, a mix between the two, where it's a little, it's shallow, like one inch on one side, and then about three inches deep on the other side. So it kind of goes back onto itself. Um, so those are the basic types of pleating. There's also can you see pleating, um, or can you see pleating, um, or reverse can you see pleating? If you know the brand Utilikilts, um, they use reverse can you see pleating, where all the pleats on the right-hand side, or excuse me, on the left-hand side, wrap around to the center of the back, and then the pleats on this side are knife pleated, or are knife pleated, and wrap around this direction to the back, where they meet in the center of the back. A can you see pleat actually has a large box pleat in the center of the back, and then they knife and actually go forward. Around towards the front. Around towards the front. Right. The okay. Correct. So those are the basic styles of pleating. 
Um, not many kilt makers make kilts other than knife bladed kilts. The majority make just knife bladed kilts. Some people kind of specialize in box pleats or those things or will do them, but generally they cost a bit more because they're a lot more time intensive. Mm -hmm. um, pleating styles, meaning to the set or to the stripe, um, is basically just a matter of the pattern itself. If you take a look at the tartan that I'm wearing here and you kind of squint at it, the white stripe kind of jumps out at you. That would be a good stripe to pleat to. And when I say pleat to that stripe, I mean every single pleat would have that white stripe down the center of every single pleat. If it's pleated to the set, then when you're pleating up the kilt, you know, manually in the sewing machine, you're actually advancing one part of the pattern on every pleat. So when you actually stack them all up, it's going to look like the pattern itself it's pleated to the set or pleated to the pattern. Um, whereas a knife, or excuse me, a pl kilt pleated to the stripe, you end up, the front of the kilt looks different than the back, where the back just has a bunch of vertical stripes and the front has the full pattern across it. Yep. Is that reasonably succinct? I think that was very good. That was very good. Um, the uh, You want to discuss the origins of uh, pleading to the stripe briefly? I will let you do it. Uh, I'll probably get it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, uh, a lot of it, I believe, Mac backed me up on this. Is military. Yeah. Um, if you need to adjust the the buckles on a kilt to make it smaller or a little bit bigger, it's easier to adjust on a kilt that's pleated to the stripe because you don't have to worry about the center back being off, the center back pattern, the, the stripe that runs in line with your spine being a little bit to the left or a little bit to the right. You can adjust it any amount, and you're going to have those vertical stripes on every single pleat. Yeah. So you have a hand-me-down kilt or mass-produced kilt for a military context, so striped, pointing to the stripe was the desirable way to go Yep, and for, for efficiency. Yeah, and it's generally a little bit easier, in my opinion at least, Mac, I don't know if you find it the same way, a little bit easier to sew kilts to the stripe because it's just you're doing the exact same thing over and over and over. But yeah, so, there's no, you don't have to think about <clears throat> What's going to be the center of the back and, and to go out from there or to think of the pattern. It's you're just. Yep. As long as you got the line and you're going dead center on the plate. Just keep going. Uh -huh. Yep. Cool. Hopefully Mr. Mac. Well, I had I was just oh, uh, real quick. Well, sure? I just wanted to, because we were on that topic and I think you touched on this, but we had had a question a while back from uh, uh, choice. Yabara uh, asking, you know, if it made a difference, which direction the knife pleats go, he had heard that, to the left for men versus to the right for women was a thing. And I think you basically have dispelled that myth, but there used to be a myth out there that uh, <clears throat> knife pleats were a certain direction for men and another direction for women. Yeah, it's the knife pleats. When you're sewing a kilt, especially on a sewing machine, or if you're doing it by hand and you're right-handed, um, it's easier for the bulk of what you've created to be to your left. So you're sewing with your right hand. On a sewing machine, the arm of the sewing machine comes out and over, and the bulk of the fabric that you've done falls off the edge of the table, and you're just working within the little arm of the sewing machine or underneath that arm. So it's easier for the pleats to go a particular direction for men's kilts. For women's, they're done both ways. There's, there's no hard and fast, it must be this direction or it must be that direction. For men's, 99% of the time, the pleats go, as, again, if you're looking down, wearing the kilt, looking down, 
they point toward, you know, on the left-hand side, they wrap around towards the back. Then on the right, they start coming forward. Um, that's how 99.9% .9 of kilts that are knife plated are plated for men. Women, I'd say it's it, it's probably 50-50, one direction or the other. No, there's no significance to it, no. basically. Okay. No. All right. <clears throat> Max coffin more meat today. Yeah, oh, I know. Have some more coffee. Hopefully, once I get through this junk, it'll be done with. I got some. Uh... Yeah, we got some. Uh, we got oh, some. God, that no. stuff should that stuff should cure anything. Oh. Uh, all right. Here's here's an interesting question. Um, Marcus is asking. He knows that we made some kilts for Madonna, and wondered if we get excited when we get entertainers or in the realms of music inside or out. That order that order kilts from us or order sure. accessories from us. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> it's it's always cool to have someone that you. Well, for the Madonna thing, I'll 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 <laughs> say this. I cared about the money and them paying. <laughs> Kelly, my wife, cared about the fact that Madonna was ordering kilts from us and thought it was really cool. So you're not a um, huge Madonna fan. No, no. Um, the he's not a material girl. No, <laughs> he's more of a Lady Gaga guy actually. The uh, <laughs> the what I will say was cool was when we actually uh, they gave us tickets to the show so it was cool to see the audience reaction to the uh, to her and the dancers and Lauren the dude the tall bagpiper dude all wearing our kilts on stage and the the positive you know just wow factor that everyone else had in seeing that that was neat. That yeah. to me meant more than the fact that Madonna was wearing the thing. Mm -hmm. um, it is cool when, when it's, I'll say it this way. I'm trying to be honest, as honest as I can about this. If it's somebody, if it's a celebrity that I don't care about, it's like, great, cool. Here's your stuff. And we're going to give them the same level of service. We're going to give them to anybody else. Cause everybody's um, a rock star when you shop with USA kilts. The, um, Sorry, we get TV shows ordering stuff on occasion. Right. Um, it's it's really more of a pain in the butt, especially for TV shows because they're always Outlander. they need them. Well, no, not even that because um, yeah. we need to do anything for the show itself for the production. It was still a pain in the butt. Well, true. That's just because they wanted a billion mm -hmm. stuff. Um, but when you do a, a kilt for a TV show, most time production companies need something, and when the time they cast the actor and get everything, you know, finalized in the script and know what they actually need and get the dimensions, yep. you know, waist hips length of the actor. It's like, okay, well we need this tomorrow. Can you overnight, can you make it tonight? Stay late and then yeah. overnight it. Yeah. Or we need it in two days. So we need you to come in early tomorrow so you can get it out on the first UPS truck. And it's just ridiculous. The time frames that they want them in. Mm -hmm. I'm going off on a tangent and ranting about this stuff now. That's, that's, um, people are paying for, are they paying for this? You're not paying for this. You're no. paying YouTube for this. Maybe I don't know. the, no, but it's, it's cool, it's neat, it's fun to have, to see your stuff in the media. It's see, it's cool to see a celebrity or somebody wearing your stuff. It, it's fun. Yeah, it's fun. But at some point, it's, not, it's, if I don't like the person or like the show, I'm like, okay, fine, whatever, and we'll do it. Yeah. But it's it's more fun when I like the guy. Like when we did, you know, Scruffy's Kilt from Dropkick Murphys. Mm -hmm. That mm -hmm. was just, oh, it was you know, our first year in business, I guess. Um, mm -hmm. So that really meant something to me um when we did a kilt for the show the office um when on the jim and pam wedding episode that was super cool we did it for brian boitano's christmas spectacular one year and i didn't care like i'm not an ice skater <laughs> so that didn't you know didn't grime or 
What's the, what, not grind my gears. It's the bad one. That's um, a bad one. Uh, uh, didn't get me all excited. No. I don't want to go there. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, this, yeah, it's just, it's yeah. I don't know. You and I don't tend to be starstruck. S- starstruck. Yeah, we're not really. We've been too subcultural in our lives to be really yeah. Woo, famous person, you know. But but if they're cool, or if there's a cool story, I mean, like the guy from the Doobie Brothers. He just he was a cool guy, you know. He was a really nice guy, and 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 it turned into one of these stories where you were helping him do something he'd always wanted to do, you know. And that that there's a lot of customers like that, but yeah. Uh, and I'll say this: it's, it's fun. It's neat. Um, it means more to me, and it's it's more neat, I guess. Um, when it's the the person themselves ordering something or contacting us versus a company on their behalf. Yeah. That's more fun when you get personal interaction with the person yeah. and you get to see that they're a cool guy. Like right. Eric saluting John McPhee, uh, the guitarist McPhee, right. from the Doobie Brothers, is a like an honestly nice human. And the, the 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 quick funny story with his was he ordered a jacket. We didn't know he just ordered a jacket through the website. We sent him the jacket and the sleeves were like four inches too long. And we, you know, he took pictures of himself in the jacket, showed it to us. You know, we were, you know, we just treated him like a normal customer. Sorry about that. Something got screwed up. He sent it back. You know, we paid to send it back to us, sent it back, had it fixed, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, treated him nicely as I would expect to be treated if a company screwed something up on, you know, on my order. Um, and when I got to talking to him about it and he just said, you know, as the most sincerely nice guy, um, they said, you know, hey, you know, I'm in, I'm in this little band and I don't know if you've ever heard of us, but you know, next time we're out in your area, if you ever want to come see us, I'd love to meet you. I'd love to have you to one of the shows. And I said, Oh, what band are you in? And he's like, Oh, a band called the Doobie brothers. And I was just like, are you kidding me? Um, so he's an honestly wonderful human being. Um, and that is always really cool to see yeah. when you meet someone who is famous, who is down to earth, who really is a nice person and just a, a normal guy. I think it's 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 more exciting for me, just as a as a as a history person, um, when there's a story behind why the person's getting the kilt. Um, if somebody's getting it as a prop, we've definitely had experiences where, like you said, where where they want it for a theater production or something, and it's just a it's just a thing to them. You know, it's it's just a cool little bit of color, shtick, or it's shtick, or it's like, well, you know, we're doing Brigadoon, we gotta have kilts. Um, if it's a personal story, that is a lot more interesting. And we've had some really cool, very interesting people come in to the store over the years um, to get kilts for a variety of reasons. And and that's that's the fun part for me. It always was working in the in the sales room was basically getting to hear the story of these people. You know how they got into it in the first place. Yeah, that's, or that's, like that's the, awesome the weddings know? where it's like Scottish and Native American weddings that we've done, or the yeah, people yeah. that you know the first the first. Uh, firefighter memorial tartan kilt that we had that was uh, the guy had got a wedding and had was married on Antarctica like mm-hmm. <laughs> down there so yeah. we have a picture of him and his bride outside in Antarctica with penguins um, right. so it's right. just ridiculous like those kind of things yep. are as cool if not cooler mm-hmm. than mm-hmm. Yeah, a, a, a production company saying hey we need an order tomorrow for the TV yeah. show thing yeah that's that's the cool thing about this that's the awesome thing yeah I'm rambling Anyway, it's fine. It's a good ramble. More questions? Well, we they're still rolling in. Why am um, I not surprised? <laughs> Thank you, everybody. So, we have the Super eighty one millimeter one. What is the 
proper type of dress you can wear with an animal mask sporn? Anything. Anything. A the a semi dress sporn or a an animal mask or, or full mask or animal head head on whatever you yeah. want to call it. Head sporn. on full mask. Yeah. Um, the <laughs> applied directly to the forehead. <laughs> applied directly to the forehead. Um, uh, <laughs> head on. Applied directly to the forehead. A full mask sporn. You can wear day wear or you can wear formal. There's no right or wrong answer there. You can wear it, you know, to a, a, a Prince Charlie black tie event. You can wear it to a Celtic festival during the day. The, I would say my only personal take on it is I would, I think it would look a little bit much and that's the best way to put it. It's just a bit much wear worn with a t-shirt and a kilt. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. That kind of thing. But you could. There's no hard and fast rule that you can't. Um, the what I would probably pair it with would be, you know, a, a tweed vest and a pair of kilt hose. Yeah. Something that level. Yeah. Um, but it's most of the time people don't wear it to something that informal, that casual, because if you're at a Celtic festival, you're gonna get grease on it or beer on it or something like that. And they ain't cheap. Yeah. I mean, there are some guys who make it themselves, you know, like like Aiden Crawford and people like that who make their own animal pelt stuff. Um, they might be more cavalier about it because they know what went they can into make it. Another, and yeah. Not, yeah, and they can always make another one. But for a lot of guys, a uh, a full mask sporin is an investment, so you want to keep it for special occasions. I do think I agree. It looks a little bit much for casual wear. It kind of also depends on the pelt. Like if it's a very short nap pelt animal, then I think it's more flexible. If it's big fluffy thing. It looks weird with a casual, even weirder with a, a more casual outfit. Whereas if you've got the big going on formal outfit with the really fancy jackets and the really fancy day plate or fly plate and, you know, and all this kind of stuff, then a big honking in your face, fluffy fox sporing, you know, Arctic fox doesn't look out of place. I'd but, say the majority of them are fluffier, though. Yeah, like so, fox, I think like, they badger. Look, they look odd to me. I don't disagree. If the rest of the clothing is not over the top peacock equally over the top yeah. yeah that's that's how i feel about it cool yeah. i agree yeah but but is there a rule about it no yeah gauge your sporn before you go out i guess mr mac oh we're gonna should i do <coughs> we have a half an hour left i should be talking to them not you i think we should do some half an hour. questions do some of these questions that's what from she's saying the magic clipboard okay okay we're going to do some questions from the Magic Clipboard. I do have one question that I want to get to you. Right, well, I want to get I, to I, you, Coraline's, Eric. Okay, Coraline's trying to help out here, but Mac, I blame you because you're not removing the duck. Well, the, hey, these okay. are questions right, out okay. the wazoo. Crowd's, right. crowd's asking questions. All right, all right. Our public yeah. <laughs> demands. you got to do the rapid fire show sometime. Yes, Mac, how may I help no, no. you? No, uh, you no. You, you can read some of your questions. Yeah, read your little question there, Eric. But I do have one question I want to get to you eventually. Okay. All right. One, I think it's up your alley. Okay, fine. Okay. We're very rambunctious I'm gonna read today. I'm going to read I think it's the coffee. <laughs> Irish coffee for the win. Uh, <laughs> Not for the win. Oh, my goodness. Um, I'm going to dovetail, since we were just talking about the wearing a full head uh, or, or full mask sporn casually, um, Edward Montgomery, um, uh, Monty, had actually kind of, he had said uh, a similar question. He said, I've always been puzzled that people can get so nitpicky about things like flashes and belts with vests and hose height and all those other details. And yet nobody ever seems to ask 
why are you wearing a formal dress worn with a t-shirt at a family barbecue? And and I think that dovetails with what we were just talking <clears throat> about. So Yeah. Um your t-shirt with a dress worn. Yeah. Why do people do that? The do people do it? Yes. Do they do it well? No. Um mm-hmm. I I would say this. It's the my my guess is it's done for a few reasons. One, they don't know what they're doing and they just they're trying to figure it out and they're just, you know, they're getting out there and doing the best they can. Mm-hmm. And you know, Bonnie to them. Um the or bully, sorry. Bully. Um the uh sorry my Scottish. <laughs> the A, so that's what they're doing. Or B, that's the only sporin they have. Yeah. Um so that's what they're wearing. There's a lot of inexpensive, poorly made generally, but inexpensive yeah. dress sporins yeah. and guys in their minds say, Ooh, look, that one's pretty. I like that one. That's and, fancy. And it's only twenty bucks. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so there's that element as well. Another potential is guys <clears throat> get married in their kilt and then figure, hey, I need, you know, so they get a full formal outfit, Prince Charlie, dress born, kilt, you know, hose flashes, gillybrogues, the whole nine. And then they decide, hey, I haven't worn my kilt for a while. It's family barbecue. I'm going to wear my kilt. And then they realize they don't have any other sporin other than their dress sporin. So by default, that's what they're wearing. Yeah. Or it's, they feel like they've spent so much money on a nice dress sporin that they need to get more use out of it because I spent $250 on this freaking thing. I'm going to wear it. Um, so unfortunately, it kind of flies in the face of tradition a little bit. It would be like wearing, you know, patent leather shoes with, you know, with jeans. It's a bit not done. It's a bit off. Um, so that's, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in a nutshell. Yeah. Um, do you do anything about that? Or are you just going to smile and nod and... Uh, that's one of those where it's I don't I would mostly assume that they are having that there's a problem involved with why they did it or ignorance involved and I wouldn't want to call them on it because it'd be yeah there's there's certain things I will I feel like I can mentor and guide people and not call them out on it like hey buddy but one of those like hey did you know um so wearing the pleats backwards at a festival oh yeah (laughs) I will absolutely tell someone hey did did you know the pleats actually are supposed to go in the front just so you know you have your kilt on backwards and kind of lean in say it quietly and mentor the person a little bit now that's a clear obvious yay or nay for the dress born you it's there's more of a potential backstory or reason why they have to do it yeah so i would see that as a little bit more rude to just go up and assume something right. that the guy you know doesn't know what he's doing and kind of right say something there yeah, so if somebody is posting a picture of themselves, say, in, in the group online, and they're proud of the fact that they've kilted up, and they're doing that, they've got the, the, the fur dress worn on with their clan t-shirt standing in the backyard, is there a graceful way to react <clears throat> to that, or do you just kind of let it go as, as yes. you, you do you, you know? The way, for those, the way I've always treated um critiques the best way to critique anyone or deliver bad news or a a bad review or something like that is sandwiching the bad news between good news so i would say hey i love your example clan t-shirt you know clan kilt dress born pair of sneakers i'd be like dude 
I love your casual look. It, you're rocking it. It's really cool. Looks like you're having a great time. One minor note, if you don't mind me, you know, being a little bit forward, typically a Dayspore might fit in a little bit more with the casual level of your outfit. That being said, it's awesome that you're repping the clan. You got your t-shirt on. Good on you. Mm -hmm. So if you sandwich a critique, a minor one, one, not 27, yeah. one critique, yeah. pick the major one if there's multiple issues wrong with an outfit, but sandwich one critique between two compliments or two attaboys, um, it generally goes a lot better because mm -hmm. people aren't as you know offended or, or taken aback yeah. that you're saying something. You, you bring their walls down by saying something nice. You offer a little bit of constructive criticism, and then you build them back up with a nice comment at the end. I agree. I like to stress the constructive part, too. I think um, when I'm critiquing somebody about something like that. Um, you straight up say, do you mind constructive critique? Well, no, that's part of it. But I was going to say, I try to couch it in terms of um, how I think it could be a benefit to them. Like, say, for instance, in this example, I'd say, you know, like, the dress is cool. You may find that a day sporn would be less to worry about. And you wouldn't have to worry about something happening to your sporn if you wore a day sporn at the festival instead of the dress sporn. Might feel might feel more secure if you keep that reserved for special occasions, so nothing happens to it. Um, something along those lines. So I feel like I'm trying to give them a pro tip. Agreed. You know, as opposed to a smackdown, a try to a boost up. You know what I mean? Understood. It's or or, or you got guts wearing a dress sporn at a festival, man. I wouldn't do it. I'd be too worried about something happening to the ch happening to the chains or something like that. The the only thing I would uh, I would worry about that is are they going to get the hint? Because online communication sucks. I hate yes, doing any of this online. That's why I'm saying it's, it, in certain circumstances, it's better, in my opinion, to go a little bit more direct and okay. give a direct critique. Because in playing your scenario out for a sec, the guy has a $30 dress born. And mm. you say, you know, hey, I'd worry about, you know, getting it mucked up, you know, blah, you might want to reserve that. And just wear a leather one where you could wipe it off if something spills on it. Nah, it's only 30 bucks. It's fine. So that's why I'm I'm generally more of a direct and to the point, but sandwich it mm -hmm. okay. as a as a methodology. I'll buy that. I'll buy that. Yes. Yeah. Okay, but cool. yours would work too. Okay. Should I do another one? Yeah, or... let's do another one too. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna link two together because I can. Um, Fancy, getting tricky. Yeah, yeah, and and again, we've touched on this before, but we had uh, uh, Sergio Santos who's on YouTube, and he was saying, "What's your opinion about someone wearing a kilt?" who has no heritage connection to kilts. And I'm going to link this to a question from uh, Enos, who said, who asked if any of us here at the company have a direct Scottish heritage. Um, and if so, from where in Scotland specifically, how many of us have family tartans, family clan connections of our own? <coughs> so I think, I think we can, this is, this is a mantra of ours to, to a degree about whether, you know, you can wear a kilt or not if you're not Scottish. Yeah. And we are kind of examples of that in this building. Yeah. Also. The, uh, a lot of our, we are a mixed bag here at USA Kilts. Um, <clears throat> we are in the middle of, not quite middle, but the edge of Pennsylvania Dutch country. There's a lot of Germans in this area. There's a lot of Welsh in this area. It's a, a big, it's not a, str a Scottish stronghold, as it were. So for employees which, you know, we have to pull from the pool around us. Um, there's not a direct, strong Scottish community here. Um, it's a mixed community of other European type stuff and other communities or, or not ethnicities, heritage kind of thing. Um, so 
and just that's kind of how it is in America in general. There's just a lot of people who it's have always a mixed heritage. Depending, yeah. yeah, depending on where you are. Period. Um, none of us are from Scotland. None of us um, have, you know, their all of their parents were from Scotland. Um, it's we're all mixed to some degree. Some of us have zero Scottish, and that's fine too. Yeah, I started the company just by obsessing about kilts and Celtic music and that kind of stuff. I don't really have Scottish ancestry that I know of. I have a bit of Irish, and I'm mostly German. But I just, something about the kilt, something about the culture spoke to me. And the more I kind of peeled back the layers of the onions, the more I wanted to know, the more I obsessed about it. Um, so I basically, my entire life was consumed by learning about Scottish stuff and then learning about kilts and then learning about how to make kilts and then constructing them myself and trying to figure different things out just the way my brain is wired. So, and then the more I learned about it, the more excited I got. And I, you know, started a company with my wife and 15, 17 years later, here we are. Yeah. Um, what's your, how'd um, you come to it? I got into, angle? I got into kilts and, and all that as an outgrowth of uh, being a history, you know, goober. Um, I have uh, Campbell on my father's side and Stuart on my mother's side. But uh, those are further back in the line, and I have pretty much equal parts of uh, German and English. And Norwegian is in there also. So yeah. um, I'm Northern European guy, genetically. Um, but uh, I've always been drawn to uh, Gaelic, Celtic, and British history. Uh, and so I, and I've always been drawn to tribal culture, uh, both my own roots and, uh, any tribal cultures in the world, really just, I admire, um, the, the strength of those, of those things. And so, um, that's kind of how I fell into it. And, uh, when I realized, Hey, I've got, I do have some connection to this stuff, then that just amped up my interest even more. So, so yeah, I have days where I'm feeling very much, yes, today is a Stuart Tartan day. Rah! And then I have other days where it's like, yeah, I'm feeling more. You know, just kind of out in the woodsy, kind of primitive guy. You know, so I'm gonna crank some metal tunes and wear, you know, a utility kilt. But uh, it's uh, so I'm a mix in that sense. Um, but it's definitely the the heritage and the sense of a pre-modern mindset that got me into it. Well, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's a little hard to describe. But what was the first question again? Um, how how do we feel about people who don't have a Scottish connection <clears throat> wearing kilts? Pretty damn good. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. I don't have a Scottish connection, really. I love wearing kilts. The What it boils down to is something we say a lot. It really depends on the the angle and where your heart's at coming to it. Are you a sincere student of the culture? Right. Are you doing it for the right reasons? Are you doing it for wanting to further the culture, wanting to steep yourself in it, wanting to learn about it, versus wanting to be a caricature of it? Right. Um, if you are a sincere student of the culture and you're really, really into it, you can do all kinds of stuff. Hell, I have a show about it now. Yeah. Um, so it's, it really just matters about your, your level of how much you want to learn, how much it means to you and how much you're just giving it lip service. Mm -hmm. you know, these guys want to chime in? Mac? I mean, as far as, I mean, um, I've said it on here millions of times. I'm, I'm the PA Dutch. I'm the Dutchie in the group. Mm -hmm. uh, grew up in Southern Lancaster County. So I'm Scotch, Irish, German, through and through. Um, but I mean, I've got I got into the whole, the whole aspect just 
um, when I was dating my wife, uh, my wife um, came out to the shop and she said, Hey, or I came out to, out this way. She's like, Hey, there's a kilt shop in town. And I was like, Oh, really? I know I have Scottish ancestry. Let's, I'll go check it out and then end up buying a kilt while I was there. So it just <laughs> kind of never let him leave. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> I kind of got locked in after that. But uh, no, it was just one of those deals where I always had an interest in, I've always had an interest in history. Um, so it just, it just, it was an easy fall in too. Mm-hmm. You had some connection. Mm-hmm. Indeed. Yeah. Cool. The, the commonality here um, for, for the majority, the vast majority of our, of our employees is we all love this stuff one way or another. Mm-hmm. Either either we love sewing or we love kilts and Celtic stuff or yep. we you know love a mixture of it. It's or we just love the culture aspect of it or we love bagpipes. There's there's a reason why it speaks to all of us um, here as well as you know out there. So it's when you lean into it, this is what you get. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking we got like at least three Irishmen. We have an Anderson, um, who that's yeah, not yeah. actually his Scottish song. Yeah, I know that was funny when I found <laughs> that out. Yeah, but uh, um, yeah, a lot it's of crowds, it's a, a mix. lot of Germans. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely a mix. Yep, but uh, a respectful mix. I think that's the key. yeah, so, yeah, yeah, a good mix. Should we go back to you, or should I keep going? Well, we can throw that one in that uh, that I have bookmarked. <laughs> we have enough for time you. for about okay. two more. Yeah, and then, then, then we're doing our. Uh, the Americans try haggis. Speaking of employees at USA Kilts, we made uh, many TV stars out of our employees. So you're going to get to see a bunch of different people that work in the building trying haggis for the first time, mm-hmm. potentially the last time for some of them. This is part of, part of our ramping up for Burns Night. Yeah. In case you're wondering. So. All, right, All right, Mac. One more from you, then one more from Eric. So, so David is asking. Make sure I'm ready. Okay. Can you mix the greaser rockabilly look with the kilt? Yes. Yeah, I think you could. <clears throat> it's going to come off to most guys as more punk. Um, I'd be careful. I mean, yeah. I wouldn't it, do. I wouldn't do uh, cowboy boots that you can do in the rockabilly thing. I would definitely do combat was boots. Directed at me. I know, but I'm chiming in on that. My guess. I gave my answer. Yes. Yes. <laughs> There's my answer. No, I, 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 I pick, I'm picking up what you're putting now. I would not do cowboy boots. Might be able to do uh, two tone shoes of some kind. Um, Are you? A, how uh, into rocket? Let's, let's back this up a bit. I'm not much of a rocket builder. See, guy. I was. Okay. That's why I jumped on it. See, I don't know. The, well, Max, Max said it was a question for me. I know. I figured this would be the more perception than, is like, that I was the, going no. like the greaser. Dude, Tiger Army, Necromantics, you know, the uh, Brian Setter Orchestra. There's all kinds. Dude, psh. See, the Rocky's 50s. Rocky's dropping the, the mic and walking the, away. Yeah, the 50s to me is like Louis Prima, not not Elvis. So, you know. Um, that's, Coron, Coron's like, oh, my God. What did you just do to my audio track? Um, no, I, I, what shirt would you do, though? Could you do a bowling shirt, or would you just stick with a t-shirt and a leather? I'd, I'd stick with a uh, white t-shirt, black t-shirt, band yeah. shirt. Yeah, um, band, you band could do a pompadour. Um, I've got like a mechanic shirt on over here. Yeah, mechanic yeah. shirt. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I think it's like a bowling shirt with the stripes going down. Oh, you I can't decide like if I'd the, like that. Uh, the the two and a half men. Um, yeah, was, Charlie Sheen. Charlie yeah. Sheen yeah, shirt. Yeah. That's no, I wouldn't do a bowling shirt with it. No. Um, no, or but you could do a a solid color black or a band shirt. 
Um, just, yeah, kind of along the lines of a punk rockish kind of look. That's my thing. I just feel like combat boots, kilt, a regular day sporing. Yeah. That's what I'm um, saying. I don't think you could do straight up rockabilly. I think it would come off to most, to the casual observer looking at you, they think you were doing more of a punk rock thing. It would really boil down to your hair. I was if you throw a pompadour on with it, the hair is going to be the weird you're part. You're fine, yeah. I don't know if I'd dig it. I don't, that'd be crossing the streams for me personally. But I, I get a little OCD like that, so I don't know. But, uh. Yeah. It would, it would be. Was a, this a question from you, or was this a question from no, the customer? This, this came in. Okay. It would be. It would be a little tougher than I think I'm giving it credit. I think it would be a little bit tougher to pull off. Um, but it would be just be a straight-up casual type look. Um, yeah, because I mean, kilts have been a part of the punk scene since the beginning. Yeah. I mean... It would end up... Lo- even though if you weren't... Tr- it's a lot of those those types of scenes, whether it's punk, whether it's metal, whether it's rockabilly, whether it's oi, all that's... A lot of it overlaps. Yeah, absolutely. So there, there's a lot of commonality. Jeans, leather jacket... Plain color shirt. Mm-hmm. It's the uniform. Yeah. So it really, for that, boils down to hairstyle, which is kind of why yeah, I went with I the, agree. as long as you have a pompadour or something rockabilly-esque, okay. Um, I think the tattoos are a, are a big deal also. The style of tattoos you go Style for. of tattoos. Yeah. Having tattoos, all of them have tattoos. Yeah, but I mean, but, the style specifically. Yeah, yeah. definitely Old nautical, yeah. you know, old school. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, okay. Yeah, so. Hmm. If you have a, to a Johnny Cash... Right Throat tattoo. <laughs> that says rockabilly. You getting that next? <laughs> Don't tempt me. Kelly would kill me. Um. Yeah. I don't know. But yeah, rockabilly is not one of my one of my scenes. So, I I appreciate your input. It is on mine. the topic. But uh, sorry, yeah. I jumped on you. It's all right. It's all right. Um. And yeah, more I think about the uh, the bowling chair is more of a swing thing than a, yeah. than a rockabilly thing. So that's. Yeah. Irrelevant, anyhow. version of uh, uh, of uh, uh, Amazing Grace or Motorhead or, did a rockabilly album they, 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 uh, the, but that's what, not Scottish I'm, t- I'm thinking Scottish national tunes or I know I know or Irish I'm just thinking the random Rebel tunes, rockabilly stuff you know? Headcat it was the Brian Setzer Orchestra with Lemmy okay horrible album I love Lemmy horrible album <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see uh, Mara Morris asked us, what is your procedure, personally, for making your outfit ready to wear before you go out? For example, uh, do you starch anything? Do you have any tricks for removing lint? What sort of details do you worry about or do you feel people overlook before they leave the house for the day? If you're, if you're doing your thing in the, in the morning. Yeah. Um, Say, so make sure your shoes are polished. Um, if, you know, if you're so inclined, mm-hmm. the, um, 
I, I'd really say it just kind of, I've been, I've been wearing kilts for 17 years, so it's kind of second nature. Um, so I, I don't have a routine other than, well, A, I have a very, very keen eye for detail. I will say that. So if some, even if a minor thing is wrong, I will pick it out and see it. Um, <clears throat> to the detriment of some of the people who work here. Um, the, uh, uh, but no, it's, I'll just basically just get myself dressed in the closet. I know what I'm going to be wearing that day. I'll, you know, pick my, uh, my kilt hose out of the drawer, pick the flashes I'm going to want to wear. And then I'll just look at myself in the mirror just to make sure it's kind of sorted. Um, and then, you know, when I'm putting on my kilt hose, making sure that I'm adjusting the flashes to the proper position while I'm putting the hose on, not just kind of throwing the flashes on, but I try to pay attention to the minor details as I'm doing them so that when the time you stand up in your outfits together, it looks good as a full outfit. Mm -hmm. um, but it's just, to me, it just boils down to kind of just sorting myself out throughout the day, uh, making sure there's no, you know, dust or flakes or anything, um, making sure that, you know, my beard is trimmed nicely, but that's not really kilt related. That's just general um, grooming. Yeah. I think general grooming kind of is, is an answer is, is, uh, you know, build in, build thinking about the parts of your outfit into your general good grooming habits. You know, um, I'm trying to think if there's anything specific that I would recommend. I mean, I have a lint brush that I keep handy if I need it and just try and check. Um, it's really helpful to have really good lighting in at least one room of your house. I have a problem in my house where I have very dim lighting in a lot of the rooms, not a lot of natural light. So um, having bright lights in the bathroom is is definitely helpful. So make sure you're, if you're bleary eyed at six in the morning, you're trying to make sure that your shirt doesn't clash with your tartan. It's good to have some good light for that. Um, and other than that, not a lot. I tend to put the kilt on last or almost last so I can get the kilt hose and flashes done first and make sure they're perfect, you know, without having the fabric in the way when I'm looking at stuff. Um, yeah, pretty simple for me. But. Yeah, there's, there's not a lot to it. Just, you know, pay attention to what you're doing. I don't really have any, like, starched. He asked specifically about yeah, starch. I don't starch you know, I don't, My shirts, I don't really starch. I don't wear neckties a lot. Um, oftentimes, if I'm wearing a, a button-up shirt, I'll just leave the top undone with a vest and, you know, rolled-up sleeves kind of look. I'm a little bit more casual, dressy-ish um, as, mm -hmm. as a style. Um if I'm going out for formal, then yeah, I'll make sure my, you know, my top button's done. I'll have my, you know, the wing collars folded down appropriately. The bow tie is nice and centered. The band is straight around the collar and that kind of thing. Not too tight that it's crimping the collar. Um, right. Little details like that. But those are, yeah, I'll make sure my kilt pin's in the right position. But it's just a matter of just, you know, picking, paying attention as you're putting together each part of the outfit individually and then the whole thing comes together by itself. Yeah, I think the more you, the more habitual you are about wearing the kilt and the stuff that goes with it, um, the less you need to think about this stuff. It, it becomes second nature, like you were saying. Yep. Um, I would say uh, just keep an eye on the uh, the maintenance level or the, the the fatigue factor. I might say of your various items. Like um, you can be really well put together, but if you get a really nasty ring around the collar or underarm stains on your shirt that kind of detracts so those are the kind of details i'd look at you know like um is the is the edges of the leather on your sporn getting worn like have you had it for like 20 years and it's really starting to look ratty little things like that just maintenance level things or or fatigue of the material kind of things is what i think about i would say this the 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 ring around the collar thing absolutely um two if you're going to be going out and for a formal evening or somewhere where you don't want to 
where you may be hot and you might sweat, I'd say put on an undershirt so that it kind of right. absorbs, you know, pit sweat kind right. of thing. Um, for the Sporin, there is a, there's a warmth and a, a something to having a, a well-worn day Sporin. Um, sure. Like if you I look agree. at Prince Charles Sporin, it is an old Sporin, and actually mm -hmm. the hunting Sporin is the one I'm thinking of. The actual, the, the one, I believe it's the far left, or one, one of the ends, the leaf is actually torn on it, if you look closely at the photo. Interesting. But he still wears it, because okay. it was his father's or grandfather's or whoever's born. Yeah, it's a okay. sentimental thing. Okay, um, that's cool. I would say that doesn't translate nearly as well to dress borns, where if you have a an old, uh, uh, like, let's say, sealskin dress born, it's from the 1930s, and the sides have been rubbed bare from yeah. wearing it on a kilt and sitting down and getting up and moving around, that's going to look sloppier than a well-worn, well-loved dress or dayspawn. Gotcha. Okay. But it's also dayspawns for casual, where it's it's okay yeah, to be yeah. a little bit less crisp, a little softer on right. the edges, right. versus formal, which is more you know mm -hmm. pristine. Also, you know, he's a prince; he can kind of do what he wants. It's true. Yeah. He has good style, though. He does. Say what you will about him. No, he really does. Style. Yes, he's definitely. Uh, a poster boy for us in many respects. Indeed. Quite. Yeah. All right. Okay. Um, remember, boys and girls, we do this once a month. First Friday of every month. Thank you for tuning in. Yep. Be sure to check out the Kilts and Culture Group over on Facebook. And this time, I have a question of the day. Okay. I want to know, do you hate Buckle Brogues? As much as I hate buckle brogues. <laughs> How do you feel about buckle brogues? Would you ever wear them? Have you worn them? Or should they be burned? Tell me what you think in the comments. Cool. Until next time. Slanjava. Slanjava. Thanks for joining us, guys. Our podcast theme song is Gold and Guns by the Kilmaine Saints. If you have a question for us, you can ask it during our YouTube live stream the first Friday of every month at 3 p.m. Eastern Time. If you want to get social with other kilt enthusiasts, go check out the Kilts and Culture group over on Facebook. You can also find USA Kilts on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, or over at our website, usakilts.com. Thanks again for joining us, and until next time, Slanjava.